You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so you guys have probably, if you're watching the YouTube show, you've you've seen, and if you're in Go Wild, you've for sure seen the presence of our friends at GunBroker.com. Dot com. So they are they've come on to be one of our new brand partners. Um, they are the the title sponsor of Uncensored right now. So you'll be seeing us wear some sweet GunBroker swag. We got my hat. It's got the cap on. We will soon have some cool signage behind us that's coming. Um, if you're in the platform, you're going to st- start seeing a lot of stuff coming from them. They, What's really interesting that I've learned about GunBroker is that it's so much more than just you can buy old guns, which is what I traditionally thought. It was just like old used guns. Um, they have a bunch of really cool memorabilia stuff on there. You can buy a lot of new guns. You can buy a lot of accessories and that kind of stuff. We might list some Go Wild stuff on there. Yeah. 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 So you were saying before the show, yeah. I've bought. You spent some money with them. Yeah, I bought. I don't know, probably like three, three guns. I think off the gun broker. Yeah, sold a couple, which is neat. Yeah, it's. I mean, it was a super easy experience. So we were, should were probably you? say that's Paul Campbell from the O2 podcast. Oh yeah, there's this well, guy. We should probably uh, <laughs> try me on. Yeah, just this random voice. No one. Yeah. <laughs> what is that velvety sound in my ear? <laughs> so were your guns new that you bought? No, or? I the the few that I've purchased were they were all older. Yeah, vintage guns, so to speak. So, are there one, any cool old turkey calls on there or anything? I don't know, man. You, as soon as you said that, they have other like memorabilia stuff. My wheels started 
swear yeah. I'm, I'm gonna mess with it is that a coveted yeah. thing like you'd buy old turkey calls there, and stuff? so i've i've avoided that because I know the moment that I dip my to- my toe in that unholy pool, it's just going <laughs> to be like just pool. just peeling dollars yeah. off, right? Because you're going to be yeah, it's like it's like nickels to buy gas. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know when you're trying to diet and you're like, oh, this bag of M and M's there. I'm going to have just one, and then 20 minutes later, you've eaten the entire five pound bag yeah. of M and M's. I was like, there this weekend. Been there. Yeah, you just like you're just hating on yourself. I know that's what's going to happen if I start buying collectible turkey calls but there are there are a ton of people that that's their thing mm. i mean they they really it's, have an extensive collection so it's surely not like a sound thing right it's more of just like a, like they've probably gotten better right? i mean the older like the older turkey calls i mean they don't sound as good as okay, yeah. you know as they as they do now and, and good is like a relative term like we think they sound good but those guys back in the 1800s were killing turkeys with you know like rubbing sticks together you know (laughs) and with a ball like not using a shotgun they just use a ball ammo yeah there's some i think the oldest turkey call i've seen is at the nwtf museum in edgefield which is moving to uh the big bass pro in missouri here soon who cares but like it's moving into the yeah so it's going to yeah so the nwtf museum is moving to the wonders of wildlife so johnny i still have never been there yeah i need to go i'm going i'm going in a few weeks it's in like southeast missouri uh my cousin goes to evangel college right there yeah it's right there next to it i need to make a trip down and i've heard it's pretty i've heard it's pretty neat so yeah yeah, so the nwtf museum is moving there but there's like this wooden box call and, and and it's not like the box calls that we're thinking of now. Like you can see where this this person like hand carved. And I mean this thing's hunt you know, by eighteen thirty or something like that. Oh wow. I'm sure someone watching this is gonna be like, Oh no, it's from nineteen twelve. I don't know when it is. It's super old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like it's just like a, a hand carved like piece of wood that some kid was using to call turkeys with. It's and pretty it's, it's like pretty neat. Awesome. Got the lid and everything that you're doing that. Oh yeah, it's too? got the lid, but I mean it looks just like something you would carve as a kid, you know? <laughs> and I, you, I think Will Primos actually donated it to the NWTF museum. It's pretty it's pretty neat. Like it's Let's a see. really old old call. So, so speaking of interesting calls, you showed me something yesterday that I had not seen before. Uh-oh. This little <laughs> piece of wood with a screw in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. Man, the I bird. I had you have it, it in it? I wish I had uh, it. It's just this. My, my buddy Justin showed this thing to me. It's 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 just like a little piece of wood. It's like hollowed out. Uh-huh. looks and like a combo, basically. Mm, like that's a, yeah, it's about the size it is. And okay. It, it's got this like aluminum like cap with a screw that runs through it. And it's chalked, and like you turn it, and it makes the sound like bird sounds, like like Tweety bird sounds, not like turkey turkey call sounds. And you can make hundreds of bird, what? like songbird calls with this thing. It is amazing. It's the, it's the coolest thing, yeah. And it's just like, and and so my buddy Justin, you, you, we we fished with him yeah. last week. Um, and he'll just listen to the birds in his front yard and be like, and, and just start hammering <laughs> on that thing, and they'll like fly up into the tree above him, and they're just like you know, looking for their buddy. Yeah. They have no Whoa. idea what's going on. It's cause it's, it's really neat. It's a ton of fun. I bought a couple for my girls cause I thought they would want to play with them. They don't care. So, I mean, yeah. now it's me like hiding bushes out in my backyard. Like, you know. <laughs> so are they like commercially made by a company or is it just, I, yeah, I think that you can get them on Amazon. They're like 10 bucks. Hmm. Um, Sounds fun. It yeah. looks like a, That'd be a fun thing. <clears throat> Papa's garage. Oh yeah. That's for yeah. sure where it started. Yeah. yeah. Sitting so. in the deer stand board, just sitting there talking to the birds. <laughs> oh yeah. Kind of fun. Scare a deer and you just start tweeting real fast. You yeah. Know, yeah. I'm, trying to... I'm just a bird up here. Don't just worry a bird. about it. Don't mind me. Yeah. I was uh, tiling my shower this weekend and I was marking a tile for, Amanda with a China marker, and it started. It just hit that frequency <laughs> where it started. And I was trying to like <laughs> be in the moment. I'm like, Ooh, can I get a little purr out of this? No, 
No, couldn't fun. do it. No, I'll, I'll put, try. I'll try to turkey call anything. Yeah, you know, so. we did. We had the famous beer can. Yeah, uh, Ted Boogie's. Uh, Ted Boogie's beer can that actually worked. It's amazing was, what you can make sound like a turkey. It is. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's pretty cool. So you were saying before the show, yeah. you spent five days at home for the month of May. Man, I was on the road constantly. Yeah, and this is yeah. just. Paul is probably the most turkey obsessed man that I know, and he got after it this season. So I I did, man. I had I had a good I had a good run. I I killed a turkey in mid March. I killed my first Osceola, which was awesome, down in like the southern zone in Florida. That was freaking cool. Down with the pythons. Yeah. Then pythons I hunted and panthers. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We can talk about that. I didn't see any. I saw python skin, Ugh. and so it was actually the python and the panther come like like hand in hand here so i i have this giant like uh it's a tube call and so it's primo's foggy bottom tube call and they're they're more of like a uh you know everyone likes that soft calling you know you talk sweet to them like a tube call i feel is it's like a jackhammer Mm -hmm. and i use it like as a locator call and it is the loudest thing that you can imagine like it makes my ears hurt and when i'm locating i'll put enough air and i'll hit like like three little like clucks is basically what it sounds like or cut and I put so much air into it that I get dizzy if I, if I hit it too hard. And so I was in the Everglades, like in the middle of the swamp. It was just freaking miserable. There's got to be a turkey out here somewhere. So I pull out that tube call, and I'm just like, bah, 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 as loud as I could. And you know, I'm about to black out. And, and something like like yells at me. That's the only like way that I can ex- like explain like what this sound was. Like it just screams. Florida man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, Oh my God. So I was going to do a video to send, like to send to you guys and send it, send to months. And so I, I go up and I set my phone in this tree so that I can record myself hitting this thing. See if I can get this thing to scream at me again. And I look up and there's this giant, like Python looking snake skin in this tree. And it's, it's just the skin. And immediately I'm like, no, I'm about to pass out again. <laughs> it's just like because I my, I can't handle any anymore. So <laughs> I move away from this tree. I find another tree and I hit this call again and nothing. And so I was at this little like general store in the middle of of Okapee, Florida. I mean, it, it's the most remote place I've ever been to. And I was t- telling this woman, she was like, ah, "I was a turkey hunt." I was like, ah, I, was, I, haven't, "I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard anything." I was like, "I did hear something like yell at me." I was like, "The craziest sound." Because I had no idea what it's from. She's like, "Oh, it was a, it was a panther." I'm like, "Oh my god!" Didn't she ask <laughs> really? you like, "Do you hear anything weird out there?" Oh I, yeah, I, that struck me in your story that like yeah. she asks people, "Do you see anything yeah, weird you see, out yeah, there?" You see anything? You see anything weird out there? That's I think that's yeah. that's what like brought like, it up. Was why the, is she? Yeah, like this crazy sound. <laughs> Small people, man. Well, Small so people. like. To to kind of frame that that question and why it was so weird, I was at the uh, like the Everglades like uh, Swamp Man, like Sasquatch like store. That's yeah. I mean it was all dedicated to like Heck yeah. the weird stuff of okay. The so then that's why yeah. that makes so you way walk more like sense. there's okay. like this giant like Swamp Man creature in their front yard. You know and they got like one of the you know the alligator farms in the back. You, you wrestle wrestle a gator or whatever. <laughs> wrestle, and, is uh, Swamp Man a <coughs> mythical creature like Sasquatch? Is that a separate like? You gonna Thanks. reframe that? Mythical, really? Or it is real, <laughs> rare? I don't know what he, <laughs> he is out there. It's like it's like a skinless cat. Like you can't have the oh fur gosh, in dude. the Everglades, so it's a Sasquatch, but no fur. So it's just a, a giant dude. <laughs> it's, it's just, just a, a dude wrinkly, on meth. wrinkly pink. <laughs> it's just a dude on meth in Florida. The bath salts people that were okay. in Florida. All right. But yeah, so that Sorry. was the that that was like that was real wild, man. Yeah, going going back thinking about it. Never saw a panther though. 
I, I, I didn't, I didn't see anything that I would say is a Panther. Um, at that moment, like when I made that noise, like I remember looking over and seeing like, like movement, but I mean, it's just like that flash of Brown you see when you're deer hunting, you know, yeah, when you're blacking out from calling out Exa- exactly yeah. <laughs> in the corner of your eye, yeah, your eye, so. you see things. Um, and, and so I'm like, was this thing like just asleep under a tree? That's what the woman said. She's like, oh, you probably just, it was probably sound asleep. And you just scared it awake. Probably. And it was just like, get me out of here. And so. isn't there a bounty on Python in Florida? I think there, I think there is. I didn't actually see like a live Python. So, you know, you, you watch all those videos. There's that one guy that's huge on TikTok. He lives in like outside of Miami and he goes into the Everglades and he's always catching the invasives and the, the cool critter. You know what I'm talking about? Have you yeah, seen yeah. these videos? So I would drive down. They've got these like, um, just sand roads that cut through the Everglades. And so it'll be um, like canal, canal, sand road, gators everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then at night, you, you watch those videos, and, and the guys will always hit like the, the pythons. We'll see them like on the road. And I did that because I would roost, I would try to roost turkeys at night, which doesn't work in Florida apparently. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I would, and it, it, I mean, it was crazy because the place is so flat. When, on this road that I would, you could see like the bridge for like 75 going over. And the first day I drove, I'm like, Oh, I can see the bridge. 20 minutes later, I still haven't gotten to this bridge. I'm like, my God, it was like, I think I, I think I marked it out. It was 13 miles from like, the road. just the sand, road. but it was just flat. so flat that yeah. you could see this bridge. Um, and it, I mean, you would drive, I think from like the paved road to where I was camping. I, I think I want to say it was, it was over 30 miles and it's just, it's like an hour drive. Just to, it may be more because you can only go so, so, you know, sand. I mean, you can't go fast at all. And this was just you out of this. It was just me. People? Yeah. The first morning I rolled into the Everglades, I, I mean, to hunt, it was, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm from Ohio. Like we don't have bears. We don't have pythons. We don't have stuff that wants to kill you no. at every moment. And that place is insane. And so I wanted to, um, I really wanted to like get the experience of hunting in the Everglades. Yeah. And so I missed the time to get, I'm going to back up real quick. I didn't see a snake on the road. That's what all of the start didn't see a snake. So, so I wanted to get like the full experience of like the Everglades hunt. And so they've got all these roads that you can take vehicles on, but you have to have a permit. And so I, I knew that I knew that you had to have a permit. Well, when I, when I go down there, the permit place was closed. I got down there on a Thursday and during the season at that time, it's only open like Friday, Saturday. And it was like a three-hour drive from where I was at. So I'm like, you know what? I, I'm here for like two and a half days. I'm just going to walk, right? And so I would. I, I had some some friends, um, Team Wingbone. They got a, a YouTube channel. Awesome guys. They they gave me some pins for some turkeys that, that they had had run-ins with down there. Sweet. But they all had those e-bikes. E-bikes. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have anything. So I went to like the closest turkey. And it was like a five-mile walk into the – into the woods, and uh, I'll tell you what, it four in the morning in the Everglades, like the sounds, I mean, mm-hmm. everything. I'm like, mm, I'm gonna die. <laughs> like, just, that's just it. Like, this is it. Yeah, I hear a noise up, done. And it's just like, but I mean, there's 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 signs out there on the on the on the trees where it's just like black bears are in the area. I'm like, oh god. And oh, then crap. there's wild pigs, you know, and then there's pythons, and there's all these other crazy things. So I'm walking out by myself the first morning, and I like break a stick as soon as I get in the woods. I'm just like, hearts pounding you know and i'm just trying to like like just calm down man like you're top of the food chain not you know at this exact moment but you know (laughs) i have a shotgun like i'm a big dude i've done this before you're going to be okay uh man it was it was a wild experience it was funny like after i left 
and it's just hot. It's sandy. There's stuff. You know, it's just crazy. Um, I was talking to Andrew, and he's like, would you do it again? And at the time, I was like, absolutely not. Like, I'm just <laughs> glad I got this out of the way. And now I just keep, like, my I just keep thinking about the terrain is wild. I mean, I just can't explain it. Like, unless you've been in it, and I mean, like, been in it, not just, like, drove through it or been on an airboat. Like, once you've been in it, like, I can't stop thinking about it. It's just so – I, it's it's not flat so like physically it's not but it's so hot and there's so much it's just so thick like i mean it's crazy because you know i talked about seeing that bridge like i saw this this woodlot i'm like okay i'm gonna get over there because you know those turkeys i know they're gonna be in those pine woodlots and there's this huge pine th- and i'm walking and I'm walking and I'm walking i'm like my god how far is this thing? <laughs> like i can see these trees and i pull it up on you know on x and it's over a mile i'm like that's hard. Oh my god, man! <laughs> and and so just really like mentally, it just beat me down because I didn't know what to expect. But I would go, I, I would go back again next year just to try. It's that to type two fun, man. That's yeah, what it is man. It just it's, it's not just, a cheap thrill, but yeah, you look back on it, you're like, man, that was fun. Because it just really like you're just, just trying to calm your nerves when you go out there and you hear weird stuff that you're not yeah. you're not familiar with, and you know there's there's like. If something goes wrong out there, like it's game over. Like you're not, you're gonna have a real tough time. Yeah, you said there's the, no cell reception. The most remote place you've been. Oh, it's insane. And there's alligators and yeah. panthers. Did and you take like a SOS button of any kind or anything? Do you have any satellite communication? Wow, nothing. So Did next time, let us know. We'll get you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you don't die in the other yeah. place. Yeah. So we can track down the beep inside an alligator's right, belly. Right. Yeah. yeah. At least one avenge you. Yeah. I say do it. Skin him, put him up on his wall, you know. So. Take his eyeball. Did you see any? Eyeball. Did you see any other hunters out there? Uh, not one. Wow. Yeah, not one. At the camp that I stayed at, there were, there was hunters. This there were the only other person that was. It, what, so what really pissed me off is the camp that I got to. Uh, I just picked it. You know, there's like a like a chart, and you just pick. Okay, I picked spot 34, and I get to spot 34, and there are turkey feathers all over the oh. ground, and there's blood on the ground. I'm like, uh, all right. Um, so I, it was a little, you know, I was like, okay, there are definitely turkeys here, but there was one other guy camping there and he was in his seventies, comes down every year and he's like, never killed a turkey. I've been doing this for 20 years, but he like, he just likes the experience of, of, of being there, you know? And so it's neat, man. It's just, uh, it's, it's, you know, like a, a lot of hunters, they just want to do the same thing over and over again. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. I like the challenge. I like pushing myself. And that was definitely like mentally just pushing myself. Um, it was crazy. It was it was awesome. So did you see this guy, that guy again after you got your bird? Uh, no. When I got my, t- I I I hunted the Everglades for for about two and a half days, and then I went. I was still in like deep Southwest Florida. I went to uh, LaBelle County, or excuse me, Hendrick County, LaBelle, Florida. I, I've got a friend down there that's got some land, and he doesn't turkey hunt. He boar hunts and and deer hunts. And so him, him, and his uh, the other guys who own the property were they were like, yeah, come on, get, come come up there. So we had a great a great hunt, hunted for one day, and so morning we get out there, and I've got like sweet Ohio blood, man. So every mosquito, mosquito. in Henry County, <laughs> sweet and I, so, Ohio blood. So I was you so, sit down and you just hear the dude. I so I forgot my thermocell. I forgot to spray. I'm like, eh, we'll be okay. It was miserable. Like, the sun is coming up. There are turkeys gobbling. I had to walk back to the truck 
to see if I had bug spray, which I did not. I left it all at the at the camper. The only thing I had in there was a brown like bath towel that I used that I lay on the ground to stand on so my feet don't get wet when yeah, I'm changing yeah. in the morning. And so I'm I'm like laid back and I've got this brown towel and I'm like curled up. The gun is sitting on my knees and I've like wrapped up because the mosquitoes can't get through this brown towel. That's all I had. It was miserable. Did you like cut man. holes in it so that you could see through? Dude, I had so I had my face mask on. I had that thing like just just a little bit over my hat and kind of like wedged out up under my nose, just hiding. And so, and, and then eventually they got smart and they started like getting, you know, through my, you know, just through my clothes. And it was miserable. Those Florida mosquitoes are aggressive. It's insane. They're a different breed. And like the sound, like they were always yeah. there. Like it was, there was a point there were so many mosquitoes around us. And I tried to take videos of my friend cause he didn't have any on him, you know, bug spray. And you could just, I looked at him, there were, there was, 200 mosquitoes just flying around his head. I'm like, this is crazy, man. So we had to like, we ended up, we had to go in, had to get bug spray, had some lunch, came back out. And it was like, we're, we're walking through the woods and, and, and I, I hit that, hit that tube call. Boom. Turkey gobbles. And like every turkey hunter knows that like once everything's leafed out, like in Kentucky or Ohio, Tennessee, when, when, when stuff leafs out and you hear them gobble, they're closer than they were at the beginning of the season when there's no vegetation. Well, in Florida, I didn't, like, if I can hear a turkey in Ohio fully leafed out, it might be, like, 150 yards away. Depending, you know, it's all all depending on terrain, wind, and all that stuff, right? This turkey gobbles. I'm like, oh, man, he's close. And I see him walk out, and I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, he is 30 yards from us and just, like, comes running, like, I'm here to die. And I was just, like, we were standing. Because I'm just, like, I hit that call, and I'm looking around, like, you know, we got we to gotta get set up. I didn't realize, like, it was just so thick, and there's so much, like, ambient noise like bug noise down there that when he gobbled i mean he was right there huh. and uh so i'm like eh, there goes my one chance to kill an osceola this year and, and so we just sit down i'm like dude i was like just take me somewhere that we can sit and set up you know and and he's like oh there's this little clearing inside this giant cypress swamp i'm like perfect take me there and we go there and we sit down for like two hours it's 93 degrees uh. i'm dumping sweat i look at my buddy clyde he is dumping sweat and this is his first turkey hunt right, right. so he's having a terrible <laughs> yeah. time and he, and he pulls his mask and he's like man this turkey hunting sucks i'm like no it doesn't like it's okay <laughs> it's a lot of fun like this is a weird day we've seen some turkeys we both have our masks down my legs are on the ground my shotgun's on the ground hadn't called in 45 minutes like 20 yards right over our, oh, over man. our shoulder. And I look at Clyde and his eyes get about this big. And yeah. there's, there's a really neat like phenomenon for, for like turkey hunters. And, and that phenomenon is when someone else that's never heard a turkey gobble close, hears it for the first time. Yep. Cause this is like light. It can be life altering. Yeah. Right. And I mean, it is so loud. Yeah. Feel it. And I see his eyes get like this big and he's yeah. like, <laughs> and he pulls his mouth, flares his mask up like real slow. Yeah. And, Again, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, "Oh God, I gotta pick my gun up. My legs are flat on the ground. My mask <laughs> is down, so I pull it up, and he, he and he comes in. I and and I think he was probably about twenty to twenty five feet from me. Gobbles again, and I'm just like, "Oh my God, dude, I'm gonna pass out." Like if you haven't like noticed a trend, it's me passing out in the city. Yeah, I think you might have some blood sugar yeah. issues. <laughs> uh, just definitely an excitement thing, right? And and so he comes out, and I shoot, and I shoot right over his back because he was seriously like 25 feet from me, and that pattern on my gun was so tight, it just went just side to side, and he turns around and takes off running. So I lean forward and, and like, calm down, get on him. You know, I'm that TSS, man, that stuff's good to like 70 yards, but yeah. I don't shoot really over 40. I'm like, but you, I, I knew that I had time to get, to get settled in and, I did, man. Folded him up, man. A little pile picture there. So, 
Yeah, it was cool. But so just, he takes off, and you yeah. just lean forward. I just leaned forward, and I got on him, and I got a better beat on him. Because, I mean, I, I think – I'm going to say that it, the pattern was tight, but, I mean, he, he was he – was I've never shot at a turkey that close. That's I mean, close. it was uh, – dude, it was crazy. So I think I just went – you know, I mean, because that, that pattern coming out of there, I mean, it's it's going to mm-hmm. be real tight. Yeah. And so I just missed him, but I didn't miss him the second time. So hey oh, That's awesome. Got him. So that was your yeah. Florida. Florida, I got – yeah, and then I the, my next trip I went to Alabama – uh, hunting with the Woodhaven guys down there, and that was tough, man. The, the the I think like the hardest weather pattern for me to hunt is wind. I hate it. Mm, yeah. I'd rather hunt like a slow downpour. Yeah. But when it's uh when it's windy, it really takes away. I think a hunter's you know, like our number one sense for turkey hunting is is hearing. You mm-hmm. know, if we can't hear them, it's hard to hunt them, and uh, changes the way you do it. <clears throat> but it was so. It was so windy down there that, you know, we, we had a couple run-ins with some turkeys. Beautiful, beautiful property. But, like, hunting with with Mike Pentecost from Woodhaven, who is, like, the guy's one of the elite turkey yeah. hunters of modern times and one of the best callers uh, of, of, of modern times. And, man, like, what I learned from him just in – we hunted some in Florida and then we hunted some together in Alabama and you know, maybe three days hunting. And what I learned from him just in three days hunting was, I mean, it was amazing. Just the way that those like elite turkey hunters see the, see the woods and, and how they react was just, it was really, it was really neat. So it's crazy to hear from a guy like you that you go and hear from a guy that you're learning from. <laughs> like, yeah, man, I, you know, I just like, I'm, I'm, I'm an okay turkey hunter. You know, I've had, no I've had, I've had my moments uh, of success and and I've I've never been one that like I always want to learn something yeah. you know from anyone it doesn't matter man I I think that that's the that's a, a a huge mistake that people make is they stop learning they become uncoachable or they're like well I don't need to learn from it because we can learn from anyone yeah if any at any age you know and I mean they're really good you know turkey hunters that are 15 years old you know that if I listen to them say something I'm like. Damn, that's pretty smart. You know, I'm gonna take that. I, 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 I don't. My, my ego doesn't dictate my learning. I guess you know. That's so, good. Yeah. Yeah, but but learning from a guy like Mike Pentecost, like that's that's special, man. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I hopefully get to hunt with him again. But guys that are that good, I mean, it's there's not many of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's crazy to hear that a guy that good goes out and strikes out sometimes. You know. So oh yeah. That's, uh... <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're if you're doesn't make me feel better, but no, <laughs> makes me feel normal. I, I mean, yeah. there there was there was times, and, and that's just turkey hunting, you know. It's just that's just how it is. Yeah. And, and when you're there's there's a certain type, you know, when when you're you know running or gunning or you know whatever it may be, sitting on a sitting on a field, you know, there's 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 certain like mental power that you have to master, you know, to do. So like like sitting when Derek and I went hunting uh, at farm that I took him to in Ohio. Like I took him there because I know that it's going to be like a 10 hour set, but those Turkey, it could be a 10 hour. Those turkeys are going to be in this field at some point in time. And if we are here, you're going to have a really good chance to kill them. And so I knew that like Derek had that mental fortitude because it's a, I mean, yeah, you're not walking, but man, it's tough to sit in the same spot. Sitting there is way harder than we sat there. For me, that's worse. Like that's way harder. Dude, we sat there for 11 hours under this honey. One spot. One spot. We got up and stretched a little, you know, a couple times, and but we were so concealed, you know, we could talk and, and yeah. you know, eat and drink and, and not worry about busting them. And sure enough, man, they're there. And that's just how that farm is. Like, there's no, it's 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 a small piece of property. There's not a lot of woods. You have to be, 
you know, there's there's a 250 yard section you can set up anywhere, and those turkeys are going to come into that field multiple times during the day. You just have to be there and you have to be ready. Uh, but that's that's tough too, you know. And it's I think a lot of that is probably tougher than walking through the woods. Thousand percent. Because I can walk through the woods fifteen miles, yeah, and and just have a great time. I'm seeing new stuff and seeing yeah. new terrain. I'm calling. I'm finding birds. birds. Yeah, yeah, man. Like let's go get them. And yeah. Um. So yeah, man. It's 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 neat to to learn how like other people hunt and see other people fail because you, know, you can beat up on like you said you can beat up on yourself all the time if you're just if you're smoking turkeys or deer every time you go out, like, you're like this is, this isn't fun. You know? <laughs> and you know, you talk to those guys that have been ultra successful, like Mike, Mike, you know, his, his 500th Turkey that he's killed in his lifetime was last year in Mexico was a Goulds. And he's like, I'm done. So I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. And he wants to take his kids out hunting, you yeah. know, and, and, and get them up to speed. And you know, there are some guys that I've met that have killed so many deer that they're just like, I'd rather teach someone else to do it. Yeah. You know, teach a kid or, you know, teach my, anyone. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'll die way before I get to 500 turkeys, but, you know, I like I like that aspect too, man, of, of bringing new people into it. So it's neat. Uh, yeah, on the, the sitting in one spot thing, that was – I was telling – I forget who, somebody around here. Um, my one takeaway from the season was, like, trying to sit in a spot longer. Like, because when you're on public land, like, and you're talking to the birds or whatever, and you, like, are getting them close, and you're not sealing the deal. Yeah. Like, I think it was Appalachian Assassin and Go Wild. I saw a comment on somebody's post. Of like it was, I think somebody was asking like, what's you know some more advanced turkey hunting advice or something like that, and he said, sit thirty minutes longer than you think you should. Hundred percent. And yeah. dude, I, I, ha- I know of two specific situations where like if we'd have done that, we'd have had birds yeah. coming right into our setup like and yeah. had good chances. But it's just hard when you're on public land and you're hearing gobblers everywhere and you're just like, ah, these guys if aren't playing ball. It, I'm gonna go is. play like these guys are playing ball. I'm gonna go over here like and you're just bouncing around the woods like. Just sitting there is way harder, (laughs) like chasing those distractions and stuff. And you know, I think so. Like to 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 really hammer that point home for people that are listening in Alabama, hunting with freaking Mike Pentecost, yeah, turkey killer. If there's ever been one, he's you know a hundred yards behind me, calling birds up. We got a bird sitting on this, you know, on this creek bottom, just hammering right, and we could hear some hens. So you know, we're trying to get him up there, and we sit. And the guy I was hunting with, he's like, man, he's like, let's let's move down a little bit. Cause there's this real nice little soft bench that comes up and he's like, they're going to come up. They're going to come up right there. So we're walking down the path and there was another, like you know, just another Turkey that what, that hadn't gobbled. As soon as we came up over this little rise, he was sitting right there in the middle of the path. And so if we would have sat for literally like three minutes, that he Turkey was coming, just, to, he was coming to us and we just didn't know because we were hunting the Turkey that was gobbling. Yeah. But I'm be once again, that Turkey, it was a mature Turkey. Coming in, I'm shooting him. Yeah. And, you know, and that's not, not for everyone. You know, people say he didn't do it right, but I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm hunting out of state. You know, I got a mature turkey that, that comes into the calls to see what's going on. I'm going to take that turkey 10 out of 10 times. So, but, you know, we sat there. I mean, this thing was literally 70 yards from us, but it was just enough terrain drop that we didn't we didn't know that Dang. he was there. And he never gobbled. But the, the dude on the bottom, the creek bottom, was booming. You know, so we're trying to, you know, hope that he's going to come up that path. And it's, but, and that's something that just in the last couple of years, I've, I've really started to say, okay, slow down, you know, and that's tough to do, but it has definitely worked out, you know. I'm, um, there's no wrong way to turkey hunt. Let's make that perfect. I don't know. Yeah, I found a few this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
you know what's uh, interesting is like you travel around and mm-hmm. hunt quite a bit, but compared to deer season, I want turkey season to be three, four months long. Because yeah. by the time I get into my flow, yeah. it's over. Like I, yeah. it's the last hunt of the season. And so if I'm only hunting a Saturday and a Sunday here and there, yeah, I need more time. Yeah, I, I think it's it's one of those like so I, I hunt in New York. That was my last stop this year, and I hunted three days. And then I was home for a couple of days and traveled some more. And then I, and then I went back and I had a couple of events and I had one full day to hunt. And so I, I get, I get, I get in there and it was just like, I know that there are turkeys in this area. Um, so I just wanted to like, I wanted to be deliberate with my movements. You know, I don't want to go in there and just start ripping around this property. Cause it's a pretty small, like <coughs> this property, it was, it was public. It was under 300 acres for each little lot. So it's a bunch of little lots, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had found a bunch of turkeys. I'd seen some. So I was like, I wanted to be very deliberate with, you know, with my movements and, and what I did. And it was, man, it was, it was wild, dude. It was just, but it was one of those, like, if it would have been early in the season and I had one day to hunt there, I'm just going to be all over yeah. the place. You know, I'm going to walk that entire place. I'm going to go to another one and walk that entire place and then, and just rip through there. But because it was, you know, three months into the season, I'd had, I already killed a couple birds. Um, you know, I was able to say, okay, there's no pressure. Just have some fun. Just see what's out there, man. Just, you know, and, and it was, it was, it was really neat. But yeah, like you said, if that would have been my first week of turkey hunting, I would have been bing, 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 <laughs> all over the place. So. <laughs> Yeah, but I was in a groove at that point. Yeah, what was your uh, your total for the year, and where did you? It was kill? just it was two. So two. I, I yeah, killed one in Florida, one in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, struck out in Alabama. Struck out in, in in New York. I took a lot of people hunting for their first yeah. time. Cool. You uh, hunted in was, you hunted in Kentucky too, right? No, I didn't get to come um, down. I, okay. I I had made plans. Um, I just couldn't. I just couldn't get. You know, I had so much travel with 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 work. Yep. Uh, and and you know, on that end, that I just couldn't. I couldn't get down here. Um, but you know, I had like, a t- I had a tag in, in Michigan that I didn't, I didn't even, didn't even get up there, you know? Um, but it was, it was neat. I, like I said, I spent the last couple of years, I've, I've taken a lot of people hunting and I put a lot of, uh, I mean like the first, like here in, in Ohio, the first like four or five hunts, I didn't even bring my gun, you mm-hmm. know, cause I had other people with me that was just like, I'll get my chance. You know, I'm not worried about it. I want you guys to have a good, a good experience and a good hunt and, um, and I ended up killing my my, tur- my Ohio turkey the first week of the season, Wednesday of the first week. And then after that, it was just like, let's get as many people out into the woods as, as I can. So it was pretty cool. So, Yeah, that's awesome. I got to do that for the first time for turkey hunting this season with my little cousin, taking him out. And, like, he had turkey hunted before, but he never, like, run and gun style. And mm-hmm. we got you were tur- talking earlier about, like, gobbling close to somebody for the first time. Like, he – we – we got one like at ten feet, you know. Oh, yeah. Like it was, he was on the other side of a hedge, but like just seeing his eyes turn into dinner plates, man. Yeah. Just like it's a cool thing, man. It's like saying you, you hook into the first like big fish. Oh gosh, you know it's that. I think that you know when when you see someone fall in love with the outdoors, whatever that pursuit is, that's a special moment, man. And I I love being a part of those. So I yeah. like that more at this point in my life than than I do. You know, like the last couple of turkeys that I've killed, I've been by myself. Mm-hmm. And that's fun. I mean, that's you know, turkey hunting for me is like a very spiritual moment. But you know, like it's fun, you know, watching 
watching your friends celebrate, you know, and watching that excitement, you know, that's really, that's yeah. always, always really cool. So, yeah. Thankfully, Phil and I are both able to hunt together. So I'm like, dude, I don't remember the last time I've hunted by myself. Like, yeah. I'm always like, I'm with him, with Tucker, with somebody. Like, I'm the opposite. Yeah. You like by yourself. I'm, I'm, by I'm all for like other people. Like, it's a yeah. social activity for me. Like, we get out. Oh, yeah, I'll do either. I'll do either one. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do like the the lone wolf turkey hunts, man. I, do you? I mean, yeah, because I'm willing. Like, I like talk about like Florida. You know, I will put myself through pure misery just to find a turkey, and it could be <laughs> swamps, mountains, doesn't matter. And I will beat myself mentally and physically into the ground and have a great time doing it. I feel like but you, if I've got you with me, I'm like, oh shit, man. Sorry. Yeah. We, we've we've gone 13 miles. It's 90 degrees. We haven't heard a single turkey gobble. Is he doing okay mentally? <laughs> you got to you know, know you've got the right person. Yeah, that you're yeah. Dragging through it, all exactly. This stuff. So and 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 so those 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 solo hunts, man. It's it's usually like, all right, let's go. Let's go do some yeah. terrible yeah. stuff. Nothing's off, do some terrible. Nothing's stuff. off the table. <laughs> all options are at play. Yeah, I like getting in them, man. Especially on public land, you know, where it's just like you really, really have to like push yourself to get there, and and because you know at that moment, like there's, there's no one else that's out here, unless there's someone unhinged like I am. <laughs> and if they are, and I see in the woods, like I'm gonna go talk because we're probably gonna be, you know, best friends. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I do. Uh, all right, so go ahead. Go ahead. Somebody was talking. I, I was about to say something. You go ahead. No. I I do enjoy going with other people, and most of it is yeah. because of watching their reactions yeah. and seeing what how they. Especially the same way with fishing, like, you know, taking you fishing early on when you started fly fishing and watching how excited you get when you hook a fish. And yeah, it's, some of those it's, things, you it's can't cool. replicate it. No, you, you, you can't. And I think just like, you know, kind of high level, like philosophically speaking, I think there is, uh, you know, there's a, a responsibility for sportsmen and women to, to bring up that next generation. It's not just kids, right? Because if, if, if I bring a kid into the, you know, I, we do an outreach event or whatever, and I bring a kid from the inner city and he has a great time. But his mom or dad don't hunt, or her mom and dad don't hunt, or fish, whatever it may be. A kid may never do it again, you know. And you and I just talked briefly about this. So there's there's a group that does they do a they do a study every couple of years on the, the approval of, of legal hunting, hunter participation, all of these things, right? And it's basically like the R three movement: recruit, retain, reactivate. We've all we've all heard about that, and so. 2023 they haven't really released this this information but so they're they're like the approval of legal hunting in this country bottomed out mid 90s 72 percent of people approved of hunting peaked mid mid tens right eight i think it was 84 percent approved of hunting well we've dropped below that 80 percent of approval in hunting so so okay well we dropped four percent and this is in three years right 2020 23 we, we lost four percent of people that approved of legal hunting in this country so you say well what's that equate to that's 13 million people Whoa. have changed their mind have changed their perception on legal hunting in this country in a three-year period and so there's a lot of things behind that um none of which i'm like smart enough to talk about like i can just hear people you know you talk about like you guys are in it you know the the social media story that's told by hunters you know you've got people like josh bomar that's putting out don't don't shake your head <laughs> you know where i'm going with this yeah. and this is my own bias yeah. you got people like josh yeah. bomar that put these videos out of like a turkey getting its head split open by a bow okay that's that's an ethical shot like that turkey's dead right but you put that out if i'm a if i'm a non-hunter and i see that then i'm like this is this is not a game right yeah. 
and so I think there's, I think that hunters and, and, and the story that we've told and, and are telling, like we, we're kind of like shooting ourselves in the foot, so to speak. Yeah. Right. And if with those 13, and if you're viewing it as, Hey, here's my highlight reel and your highlight reel is, you know, the death of the animal for yeah. me, that is like the low light yeah. reel, you know, the highlight yeah. is everything around that. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is most people. But you said that it bottomed out in the 70s? No, mid. 90s. So, like, 90, I think it was like 95 when I looked at the data. Okay. It was like 72% was in 1995. And that That's was like the, the, the drop. And so, there's a lot of like societal factors that go into that. So, you know, we've got a very anti gun type, you know, there's, there's some thought that like being anti AR 15 automatically equates to like, well, I'm anti-hunting because they use guns or whatever, you know, so, but this group, they, they really do like an extensive, exhaustive research and, 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 and study on, on this topic. And, you know, I think as hunters, like we can just ignore it and say, well, screw them. It doesn't matter. What, I mean, it it absolutely does. Yeah. You know, if that number, and, and so what, what's kind of scary is you're starting to see, and this is coming from the researchers that, that there's, there's kind of like a, there's a philosophical shift towards being anti-hunting yeah. in this in this country and i mean that matters you know Absolutely and nice. and so the, the the more people that we bring into it and and matt ranella talks about well you know quality over quantity right and and that's a that's a a debate that we will never have uh today but you know the less people that do it and the less people support it like it it, it it's a real thing and it's a real threat yeah. You know, and so I think it's important to, to bring people into the pursuits, the outdoors, whether it be fishing, trapping, hunting, hiking, camping, whatever it is, you know, just to, to experience it and understand the role that hunters and anglers have within like the world of wildlife conservation. That's an important, important topic. thousand percent. And Brad early on talked about this with um, Matt Ranella did a big thing about like how social media is ruining hunting and all this stuff. Yeah. So obviously as an outdoor social media company, we're like, we should respond to that or whatever. Um, and his point, like what you said about Josh Bomar or whatever, like his point was if you're just sharing an image of a bloody animal once or twice a year, like people are totally missing the story of what hunting actually is. Right. Like if, if we're, if we care about preserving the lifestyle and all that stuff and, and these things that matter to conservation and all that, like you have to think about the role you play in that. And the role we play in that is really the storytellers of like what we do. And if you're just like reading the last chapter to people, like they don't understand, there's no context. There's no, nobody sees you struggle and suffer and plan and, you know, get gear and do all this stuff. And, um, it's important to share the times you strike out. It's important to share the times you go scouting. It's important to share the meals you cook with it. It's important to share the times you take a buddy out. Like all that stuff ultimately paints a picture for these people, um, and that don't understand or don't part participate that like it's a worthy pursuit it's a good thing to do it's a it should be in a painted in a positive positive light um but yeah we've got some we've got some folks in the industry that their knee-jerk reaction is like it's legal it's it's ethical it's like yeah. i love to do it screw you i don't care about da, da, da. And it's like yeah. while like i get it like you know what i mean like we don't we should have to apologize for for what we're doing but on the same token you know, you can do a lot of damage by taking a I don't really care what you think mindset to the next generations of like what's going on here. Like, so I'm gonna it, this is like a stretch, but equate it to like having children. Okay. It is totally legal for you to yell negative thoughts at your child, but you're not gonna do it because you don't want them to have negative thoughts down the road. Like, you want them to be confident people. 
So you're not going to yell negative things at your child in your house. It's the same thing with hunting. If you want the positive effects of what you're doing to be out there, you've got to put that positive message forward. And that positive message is not splitting a turkey's wig. It is experiencing nature, seeing nature and it's, you know, full, uh, like hearing turkeys gobble, like they're, it's full experience. And then having someone else see that and preparing the food from what you've got, like that's the positive story. And we have, we owe it to our kids and next generations to do right by the animals. And that begins with telling that story. You know, yeah, ab- absolutely. Like you said, it can't be just a highlight reel of the, the two seconds of a, an entire year's worth of effort or a lifetime's worth of effort, you know, and all of the good that comes out of that, that two second cliff, that's what we get, that's what we get hung up on, you know, and that's perception is reality. Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's, um, we have to take it seriously. You know, and, and there are a lot of guys online. You know, Sam Soholt does a really good job of, of you know, telling, like, the whole story, you know, and, the, and, and then you know, the windfall, you know, from, from excise tax and everything, like how that affects, positively impacts conservation efforts in all 50 states. And, you know, so there, so there, is, there is a lot of, of good that, that comes out of the hunting, uh, you know, media, I guess, if you will. Yeah. I don't really know what to call it anymore, but – um, yeah, man, it's a, it's, it's, it's a responsibility that we collectively share and that we collectively need to take seriously because, you know, there, there are a lot of people that are anti, that will always be anti that want to see it go away. And you see it, you see it in the New, New Jersey bear season, you see it in, in huh. Colorado. Yeah. You talk yeah. about Chris Powell I mean, that guy yeah. talks about it yeah. because they're, they're, they're hunting the fuzzy critters, right? The, you know, the, the store, what, what's he call them? Fairy tale, fairy tale uh, critters or yeah, something like the, that. Yeah. The public perception of bears. Yeah, the bears and lions. Yeah. What's it, anthropomorphize or whatever? Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word. But, yeah, so, I mean, (laughs) it is. Yeah, it's – and I know this this, really took took a, like, kind of a high-level philosophical turn here, but it is important, you know. It is, uh, yeah. There are a lot of organizations out there that are are actively, like, managing and monitoring, you know, the the threats to, you know, gun rights – and, and hunting rights and, and fishing rights, you know, across this country. So support support those. Definitely. Yeah, Sportsman's Alliance. We got an article coming yeah. out soon um, that Brad wrote about them and um, just trying to support them more, like everybody trying to do what we can to support the people that are actually, like, making a difference uh, yeah. in conservation and stuff. They're, so. they're based in my hometown yeah. in, in Columbus. That's a, great, that's a great organization. They've got a really cool program that I would like to see in – and I would say every school in the country, but I'm going to say every rural school in the country. And it's, it's the conservation science, uh, class that they have. Man, and what I, a cool class to take in. For man, you talk about, I wish I would have had that when yeah, I was in high school. Taking I, didn't, I had an environmental <laughs> science Trig. that was pretty, it was more on like stream health, yeah. wetland ecosystems awesome. and stuff, but it was still pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That, that curriculum is, is designed <laughs> around the positive impacts of hunting and fishing cool. basically the, the North American model of wildlife conservation that we have. And I, it was really neat. Uh, last, last fall I was invited to talk to one of those classes in Ohio, the conservation science class. And it was great, man. Uh, the, the first question I asked in each class was, are there, you know, are there any hunters in the class? Kids raise their hands. Are there any non-hunters? Kids raise their hands. Are there any anti-hunters? And I'm not asking because I want to make fun of you or beat up on you. I'm just genuinely curious. And, you know, like one of the classes, this girl raised her hand and, and, and anti. I'm like, you know, thanks for your honesty. And so we talk about, 
you know, throughout the class, talked about the positive impacts, everything that we've talked about. And at the end, I asked, are there any kids in this class that would be interested in hunting or fishing, but don't have the opportunity, don't have the hmm. chance and that girl, but would want to, and that girl raised her hand. Whoa. I was just inside. I was like, oh, yeah, man. I that's how, Yeah, I was like, look at, look at that. So, But it's neat, and I think it's just you, you talk about it the right way, and, and you know, kudos to Sportsman's Alliance and everything that the, those men and women of that organization has done and the people that support them to, you know, to come up with that curriculum and, and, and start to get it. I mean, it started out small, but I think they're getting some wind in their sails with that, and it's, it's, it's really neat. So, and, and that's, you know, that came from like a real rural community where you've got kids that are, you know, you think about you know, 50, 60 years ago, like that's your base of hunters and anglers. Right. And then now you've got, you know, two kids in the school, you know, that hunt or whatever, you know, more than that, but right. you know, a very small percentage in a very rural agricultural hunting community. And it's, you know, it's, it's falling off the face of the cliff, the popularity of, of hunting and fishing in this country. And we really need to do a better job about it. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I know I would have been way more into hunting if like my if that's what my buddies did in high school, but like it was sports, and I wonder yeah. what impact like the pervasiveness of like travel sports and all that stuff yeah. has had on like hunting activity because like I didn't have really weekends that I wasn't doing travel baseball basketball yeah. well that and you know sports I mean? were you know sponsored by your school and you were on your school sports team. imagine if your schools had you know, some schools have fishing leagues. A lot right? of them do. It's a increasing thing. Like a lot fishing, of high schools are bringing on bass fishing teams. Archery's big time. I mean, obviously, yeah. archery's getting bigger. NASP yeah. is really big. The National Archery and in Schools program. I mean, yeah. those those folks are really doing, you know, doing a doing a good job. So, but yeah. it is, man. It's that opportunity, right? It's yeah. the, you know, what's the opportunity that these kids have to to go out and and I think that you know, for for decades we focused on kids, but we didn't focus on the people that drive the kids to those those events you know yeah. so there's been a big shift within the r3 model about yeah targeting those people and then you know they'll bring their they'll bring their kids so well that's raise them outdoors man that was yeah that's their big thing of like the parents and the kid come and they, yeah. they both get taught about things so that it doesn't just become like a the kid's interested but the parents aren't or don't have yeah. don't like care to make it a priority in the home or whatever like it's like the family training kind of thing i thought that was pretty yeah. cool that they did that that was how that was how i was raised i mean like my my grand my grandpa my dad grew up in west virginia and you know my grandpa and, and uncles they all they all hunted my dad didn't he just didn't he didn't he wasn't anti it just wasn't something that yeah. he wanted to do that's like my dad yeah. and i remember like just begging to go fishing and then he'd give me the stuff and he didn't fish so he just dropped me off the lake mm -hmm. you know and i'm just like learning how to do it i wanted to hunt and i would see you know cousins and friends that would go deer hunting and i'm like i want to do this you know and, and it just didn't happen didn't happen and then you know in my 20s it was just like because i was at that point i was the one buying all the stuff and driving myself to the to the places to hunt so mm -hmm. that you know that opportunity but not everyone gets that you know so definitely well i will say community of go wild there's tons of people out there ready to take anybody that wants to go try something for the first time yeah that's i mean all of us i'm sure we would if anybody said hey i want to do it i don't know where to go what to do um with a little bit of education beforehand you can get into any of this stuff that yeah, hunting, fishing. Yeah. I can take you out and not shoot turkeys anytime you want. Yeah, <laughs> we can go hike I'm around really, with a shotgun. I'm really yeah. good all at year conserving the turkey population. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, that's a good a concern in the turkey hunt. Just, we'll all just start hunting with cameras for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Really bolster the population. That's probably, yeah. That would have been a good tip for me this season to just go out and try to see turkeys more so than shoot them. Phil <laughs> actually told me that's how Phil got started deer hunting. He really? had a mentor early on give him a camera and tell him, go sit in that stand and take his, take as many pictures of deer as you can. And that's what he did. And, like, that's how he got, like, learned to be quiet and get close and, like, take the picture and do the thing. I was like, that's a yeah. that's an interesting way to get a kid, like, into it before yeah. they're maybe ready to shoot yeah. something. By themselves. sneak like, up on them, you know. Yeah. It's summer in a bean field or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Dude, we, uh, cool. we went out to this, like, pristine property this past weekend and got – it's crazy when it's not deer season how close you can get to deer like i don't know what it is but it's crazy (laughs) it always happens we're like we're we're literally fishing this creek and four does like i don't know 30 yards up the creek just like walk across look right at us and just kind of slowly walk up right across the way it's like i don't know it makes me feel like an inadequate hunter deer (laughs) deer are at their dumbest during turkey season like that's just yeah. the dumbest part of the year for for a deer. I I've, I took a video. I was hunting with Andrew. We were on a controlled hunt in, in northern Ohio for for his uh, turkey season, and I, I took this video with my phone behind me. And there was a deer less than ten feet behind me, and she knows that I'm there. Like I'm not trying to hide it at all. Like I've got the camera up, and then she just walks around and she comes in front of me to get a better view of me. And I filmed this deer for it was over three minutes that I took a video of this deer. And she's like getting close, and then finally I'm like, bitter, 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 and I like throw my hands up, <laughs> and she, you know, drops down and takes off and stops and turns around, and starts looking, and I stand up and I'm like, would you get out of here? Like, go, you're you're messing me up. Like, turkeys okay. are working in, you know. And what is that? Why are I they have dumb? No idea, man. I have no idea. This, so this park you're at, though, is this one of the parks <laughs> where people show up and feed them apples and stuff? <laughs> yeah. they, no, no. This they is... like to. The, you're like, where's my food? Yeah. Okay. No, definitely, definitely not like that, man. But it was. Uh, Man, it was it was funny just getting even in in, in New York I had a, I had a deer come to within just you know, ten yards of me and just just looking at me and I'd hit him with the you know the hand movements or whatever and just freak him out and and just stands there and it's just funny watching them you know come in and just be deer and it, you know like I, I like watching them too when they're when they're um, like in New York there's just this huge field you know I'm just sitting there with my binoculars just watching them just chase each other and jump around there's a couple fawns that are real little I found a fawn in the middle of the road mm. that the mom just like panicked and ran to the woods because she must have seen me walking and the fawn's just in the road I'm like you're going to die I'm gonna help you out little man and so he was pointed this way I mean this deer is in the middle of the road mm. so I pick him up and I just and I don't know if you're supposed to do that I'm like I had no idea, and it was it. I actually thought it was dead because there was some like there was some blood on this on this deer. Oh, oh it was fresh. Oh yeah, and so I'm like, Ugh, man, you're gonna get smushed. So I just move him off the side of the road, and then he starts like squawking. I'm like, you're in nature's hands, man. Like you just have to figure this out on your own. I helped you out, and I look, and he'd gotten wedged in between two two branches. And I'm like, dude, really? I gotta go pick this deer up again. So I pick him up, I pick him out of this, and I just set him down. I'm like. Stay just there. stay out of the Your road, man. Right yeah, back. she's going to be back. Don't stop in the middle of the road. Like, you're going to yeah. get killed. And then finally, like, I heard her on the other side of the road. I'm like, oh, I put you on the wrong side of the road. So I pick him up. I set him <laughs> on the other side of the road. And he's, like, wobbling. And then I finally see the mom, like, come up. And they connect and just take off. And I'm like, you're good to go, my friend. Like, <laughs> what a goodness. weird day for yeah. that deer. Like, <laughs> this little yeah. monkey kept moving me around. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> this well, hairless I, monkey. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm like, I, I'm just looking at him. I'm like, he's he's for sure going to die. Like, if yeah. he's – because there's cars just pretty pretty regularly on this on this back road. I'm like, yeah. they're – 
they're going to come right over this hill and just smush mm. you, man. And you're yeah. not going to give you a fighting chance, but the rest is on you. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, if you saw one in a field, you would leave it. For those oh, yeah. I don't know that. Yeah. You always leave it in the road. No, that's the different. only reason I touched that deer <laughs> yeah. was because he was in the middle of the road. Yeah. He's going to get smoked. Oh, yeah. He's for sure going to get smoked. Yeah. So. I'm gonna get hammered for that one online. The, the like PSA. I know. I could. I could feel people listening. Like you're not supposed to. It's like, oh, all right. We've had a couple. Uh, of I was just reading today. Uh, someone at Yellowstone got a baby elk and put it in their car and drove it to the police station. And they're wow. like, guys, it's uh, Yellowstone, so there's going to yeah. be a lot of animals. That's here. what you they're, came here to see. Yeah, they're they've been doing it for thousands of years. Wow. <laughs> And I don't know what they thought the police were going to do. Yeah, of all the places to take I it, found like, an are they going to arrest it? <laughs> yeah, I found an L. They're going to go out back to the reintroduced wolf cage. And <laughs> 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 right. Just give them a taste for elk right off the yeah. Road, yeah. yeah. Some stupid people can't fix them. No, you can't fix them. Well, a lot of them earn stupid prizes out there in Yellowstone. They, yeah, they make true. for great YouTube content. Yeah. But cool. Well, wrap us up, Jacob. Well, I appreciate you being here, man. Thanks, man. Glad I appreciate you, stopped you guys. in, hang out for a little bit, yeah. filled our bellies up with biscuits and gravy this yes, morning. Yes, sir. Rolling in. Glad we didn't fall asleep during the show. And that'll but, be later. Uh, Naps in the car. I smashed much. one of those Celsius drinks and a cup of coffee just so I could have like Those Celsius drinks, drinks, those get me man, through the day. I love them. They're good. I love them. Yeah, I was real carb heavy today for breakfast, but totally worth it. So, uh, yeah. Well, go check out our friends at gunbroker.com. See what weird and cool stuff they got for you to buy, spend your money on. See if they got old turkey calls. Yeah. Find some mm. old turkey I'm calls. Staying off Just that. don't tell Paul about them. Yeah. No. And, Paul, uh, tell people where to find you, your podcast, all that stuff. So so the, the podcast is the O2 Podcast. I co-host with Andrew Munts. You can find that on all platforms. And then the How to Hunt Turkeys Podcast, which uh, is, is also on all platforms. That's been a lot of fun. Um, it's a little slow right now. You know, turkey season's over uh, for, for everyone, but we'll dive back into that. And you can find me on Go Wild, man. Just search Paul Campbell. Log I'm on the other ones, but I don't I don't log on to those. So <laughs> don't get too much hate mail on, on Instagram. And <laughs> yeah, just get beat up lately. Yeah. We'll log this show. Log, log some O2, How to Hunt Turkey Podcast shows. Get some rewards. Bunch of stuff. You keep hearing us talk about it. Bunch of stuff coming up this summer. It's going to be dropping in there. We're doing some collab stuff with gunbroker.com, so you'll see some rewards coming from them. Uh, and then also, to hype it up again, lots of fishing stuff dropped in the platform. So get out there and use some of your rewards, buy some new lures for the ones you hung in the tree. Mm, been plenty of that this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> see you all next week.